Amen. We welcome you online, the audience. We appreciate you. Those in the building, we've just been going around greeting each other, but we want to greet you as well. Thank you for tuning in and being part of our broadcasts all the way from Carolinas and California and Indiana. Some of y'all right in Muncie, just enjoying yourselves, but we're grateful to have you with us online and in the building. Can we just make some noise and, and welcome them? Amen. You know, I just love what I do. I love y'all, and I love what I get to do. This is, it's, it's not easy. It's challenging, but I still enjoy it. I enjoy it. I enjoy it in the sense that it reminds me of the legacy that was left me. I only had two pastors in my life, Bishop Clark and Bishop Mitchell, and I had great, great examples. I, I don't have church hurt. From pastors, and I said, some of y'all done hurt me, but from my leaders, my leaders didn't hurt me. They was good to me. And so it's my goal to be a good leader to you. And so I'm grateful that you guys allow me to pour into your lives. And so this, now normally when I have my bow tie on, I'm going to take my time, but I got my long tie on, but I'm still going to take my time. <laughs> Not going to rush, but I feel like God has a word for us. So let's uh, do what we normally do, grip with our Bibles in our hands. Once again, I got my Bible. Amen. My special Bible. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. My goodness. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Father God, from on high, feed me this word. Amen. Come on, make some noise this morning. Hallelujah. My goodness. God, God is good. So we're just going to jump right, right in. I'm, I'm going to do what I normally don't do in the sense that I'm going to give you most of the premise up front and then we will, we'll work through it. So I, I'm, I'm going to kind of spoil you and tell you what the theme of, of it is early on, but how we get there should be interesting. So the title of today's word is relevant word. Relevant words, quite simple, relevant word. Everybody say that with me, say relevant word, relevant word. Let's, let's take some time to define that word relevant. So I'll have them put up the definition and it simply means appropriate to the current time, period or circumstances. And then it adds this of contemporary interest. It's appropriate to the current time, period, or circumstances, and it's also of contemporary interest. So basically the premise is there is nothing old fogey about God's word. God's word is always relevant. Now, it's good to have a preacher or teacher 
who's in tune with God so that the word can have even more relevance to your life. But the word of God alone, that's why you don't need necessarily a preacher. Just having the word of God, it is relevant to your life, even though it was written thousands and thousands of years ago, it's always appropriate. It's always to the current time. It's always to the current period or your current circumstances. And it's always of contemporary interest. That's one of the things I want to bring up because we've gotten to a season where the word of God and the church of Jesus Christ doesn't seem to be in style. It's out of style. It's out of step. And sometimes it's because of the way some church folk act. But let me let you know, it's always contemporary. It's always on the cutting edge. God is always ahead. Don't let anybody fool you and tell you it's just old. It's done with. It needs to be thrown away. There is no expiration date on the word of God. Now, the milk in your refrigerator, it may have an expiration date. And it will get clumpy and lumpy and smell bad. But the word of God is always relevant. And so I need you to understand that when you're pursuing the word of God, not just on Sunday morning in the church, but by yourself, just trying to talk to God and trying to get a word from God. Don't let the devil tell you that you're wasting your time because God's word is always relevant. Relevant word. All right. So let's give some, some more synonyms to, to unpack this a little further. Relevant syn synonyms. Appropriate. Act. Fitting. Suitable, proper, connected, related, and linked. God's word is always appropriate. It's always apt. It's always fitting. Now, it may not fit you the way you want to fit you. It might hit you while it's fitting you, but it's always fitting. It's always stable. It's always proper, connected, related, and it's always linked. In other words, it's linked to your life. Your life is linked to the word of God. The Bible says that our steps are ordered by the Lord, but it also means it's ordered by the word from the Lord. And so it's always connected. It's always linked, but sometimes you have to do the work. To get the word. Say that with me. Say, I got to do the work to get the word. Now, in this day and age, it's, it's easy seemingly because you have it on YouTube. Even us, we have, the, we, we have it on the app on our phone. And a lot of people, they don't go back and listen to the, 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 the word. But it's, all, it's there. It's there for you to have. It's there for you to use. But also, while it's there on YouTube, it's there on the app. Also, YouTube's on your app. All kinds of other stuff. On, in other words, uh, Instagram's on your uh, phone. It's all kinds of other things that can distract us as well. So technology has made the word of God available, but it's made so much other stuff available. Back when I was growing up, you had to sneak to find a magazine with naked women. But now you can just put it up on your phone. So it's brought everything at our fingertips. So what I need you to understand that when you fight through all the junk, to get the word of God, you are not wasting your time. Because the word is always relevant. It, it, it may be a small word, but one word from God can change your life. You, 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 you don't need Genesis to Revelation. Sometimes you just need one word. That's why it's good to connect yourself with people who are familiar with the word because they can speak a word in your life that can change and alter your life. So you're not wasting time by coming to church. You're not wasting time by popping in a gospel song. You're not wasting time by listening to a YouTube sermon. You're not wasting time by journaling what God is telling you. You're not wasting time because God's word is always relevant. Now, it may not always show up right away, but I need you to know it's always relevant. It's always proper. It's always suitable. It's always applicable. It's always working to the extent that God needs it to work. So guess what? Thank you for your coming. Thank you for your tuning in. But I shouldn't be thanking you. You should be thanking God for another opportunity to get your word. 
I thank you I have another opportunity to be poured over by the word of the Lord because the word of the Lord is precious. The word of the Lord is mighty. Here's the thing. We don't see his face, but he left us his word. And when he left us his word, he left us his voice. And even though I can't see him through his word, I can hear him. And if I can hear him, I can feel him. If I can hear him, I can taste him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. If I can have his word, I can have a piece of him. And that piece of him is all that I need. Amen. Come on, we can just get up and go home, can't we? No, no, we ain't doing that. Let, 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 let's give you a scripture. The scripture is a little bit lifted out of its context to fit what I'm doing, but it, it, will, it will make sense because it speaks more than just about God's word. It's actually speaking about words, but it'll, it'll be applicable as well. Let's look at Proverbs 25:11 from the English Standard Version. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Let's look at it in the New Living Translation. They're going to bring up the same scripture in the New Living Translation. Timely advice is lovely, like golden apples in a silver basket. The, a word, not, not just God's word, but any word spoken in the right time is like golden apples in a basket of silver. In other words, it's beautiful. The example that I would like to use is like if you were to go to a place, let's say a function, let's say it's a, a, a wedding, and the wedding is nice, but when you get to the reception, on every table are these centerpieces that are silver baskets filled with golden apples. You'd be like, oh, this is a fancy place. Oh, this is fan- this is nice. This is nice, nice. This this ain't paper plates and plastic forks. This is nice. Well, a right word at the right time is nice. Yes. It lets you know prepare of what's going to come. In other words, if it's this nice, whatever is coming has got to be good. And I need you to understand that God many times will preview your life by dropping you a word. And it's a word that will keep you pressing forward because you know if the word was this good, then my life after is going to have to match the word that God gave me. Now, not every word is a good word. Some words are rough words. But you know what it do. The scripture says it will produce the peaceable fruits of righteousness. You know the outcome is going to be good. So you can rejoice over the word. All right. So let's let's get even further. I'm going to give you this the major theme I've been talking about. I'm going to give you the major theme for today. Help you know exactly what I'm talking about. So here's the thing. Revelation for the believer begins the moment they recognize the supernatural relevance of God's word. Supernatural relevance of God's word. So for us as believers, the moment we recognize that God's word is not just ink on paper and pages, it's not just digital words on a screen or in a phone, but it is actually a life source that is supernaturally imparted to us, once we realize that, once we awake to that, once we open our minds to understand that, then we really have begun to live. We really have begun to move where God wants us to move. And so what I need you to also understand is that many times you are searching throughout the week for the word, not just the general word, but the word that is specific to you. And you may not always find that on Sunday morning. So that means you're going to have to dig deeper. You may have to come back to Bible study. But it may not be in Sunday or Wednesday, so you're going to have to have some friends that have the word. You're going to have to have some type of routine that gets you next to the word because something supernatural is coming to you. But if you stay tuned out, you'll never get it. God don't speak to me, Pastor Andre. Maybe it's not that God's not speaking. It's that you're not tuned in. And you only expect him to do it a certain way. So if it don't come on Sunday, the one week of the month you come, God ain't speaking. But maybe you got to come back. 
Maybe you got to keep talking to God. Maybe you got to keep crying out to God. And that's when the word of God will come. But it's always relevant. And many times it's supernaturally relevant. And to explain this even further, this is something that happened to me. And it's, it's quite apropos for today. Something that happened to me several years ago that reminded me of how powerful and awesome God's word is. Because today is an important day in our American history. Would you flash the screen up, picture on the screen? Today is September 11th. 21 years ago, we were attacked on American soil for the second time. The first time was December 7th, 1941. The second time is when these trade towers that we see on the screen, when planes were flown into those Trade towers. Now, some of you young people won't remember, but as adults, we know where we were when this happened. We remember it. I'm reminded of being younger and, and some of the adults in my younger years saying they knew where they were when J JFK was shot. Well, on September 11, 2001, I know exactly where I was. Our life shifted and altered and changed on that day. It was very Interesting that it was a Tuesday. I'll never forget that it was a Tuesday and I was on my job on that Tuesday. Let's uh, let's go to the, the next picture. This goes away from the never forget. And it just shows the skyline of New York and what it looked like back then with those twin towers. Now, would you show what it looks like today? They have added a new structure that speaks. And so it's really changed. Our lives really, really changed. Especially going to the airport changed forever after that day. You remember when you would just get to the airport? Just now you got to get you got to get early, early to the airport. It, it changed and adjusted everything. So being a young preacher at the time, 2001, I, I started being a youth pastor at 2001. So I was a youth pastor at that time. But there was something that just dawned on me as I was talking to God because it, it shook a lot of us on that day. But one of the things I was asking God is like, how is it that your people did not know? How is it that your people didn't know what was going on? And when I said your people, I wasn't talking about them. I was talking about me. God, I didn't quite know. But it wasn't that. That God wasn't speaking, not everybody was tapped in, tuned in. Now, some days previous, I believe September the 8th, and one of my cousins got married. And my grandfather was designated to do the wedding in Los Angeles, California. And so, the month prior, he kept calling me and saying something I feel weary and eerie about getting on this flight to go to Los Angeles to do this wedding. And so he told me, he said, I want you to pray with me about what you see. And so I prayed with him, and I felt like he should go. And so I told him, but he said, yeah, I, I feel what you feel, but I just keep seeing planes taking off. He said, in my mind, I keep dreaming about planes taking off, planes taking off. And he says, it's got me really uneasy. They flew back in town on September the 10th. This happened on September the 11th. In other words, God was showing him something, but many times we see just dimly. We don't see the fullness, but God's word is so powerful that he is never, uh, he's never lost sometimes when we're lost because he has people that he's speaking to all the time. He speaks to his prophets. He speaks to people. But I want to prove to you that he speaks to you guys as well. Now, 21 years ago, it was okay for us to miss some things. But now the church cannot miss whatever is going to happen. We have to be tuned in and tapped in. And if we're being honest, we didn't see the pandemic coming either. We didn't see COVID coming. We, that caught us by surprise. We, we adjusted and we did what we're supposed to do. But what God is saying, wake up, church, because there's some stuff coming. And I need the church to be the hospital so that people can run in. But if the church is as lost as the world, 
What am I going to do? So we got to understand how relevant God's word is. So in other words, I'm not saying we got to jump through hoops and do anything great. All we got to do is keep digging into his word. Because his word is going to put us where we need to be for these last and evil days. So going back to that day, it was a Tuesday. We actually had Bible study that night. We, that was back when we had Bible study on Tuesday. We used to have a Sunday, Tuesday, and Friday service. And so I got home from work, and I, I was just bothered by what I saw. And, of course, the death, I was praying about it, but it was something more spiritual. I was like, God, I know you know everything. So can you tell me something? You don't have to tell me anything. And I was expecting God to drop some revelation out the sky, and God told me to read my Bible. So I was like, okay, where you want me to go? Told me, told me to go to Isaiah chapter 33. I started reading it, and it didn't make any sense to me. Now I know y'all deep, and the Bible always makes sense to y'all. It didn't make no sense to me. Specifically for the time that I was asking God about what happened on this day with these towers. And I'm reading something and it didn't make any sense to me. So I stopped. And I was like, God, are you sure? Because sometimes it's not God's fault. It's us. We get it mixed up. And God said, just keep reading. Keep reading. But then I hit this verse in the scripture on that day and literally dropped my Bible. And it was one of, it, I won't say it was the first times, but it's one time that was really clear to me how relevant God's word is. Now, I want you to put your mind back to that day, the day of September the 11th, 2001, and put your mind as you at home reading the word of God and you read these words. I'm going to put the scripture up and I'll read it myself. Thine heart shall meditate terror. Go ahead and make it solid so they can see it really clear. Thine heart shall meditate terror. Where is the scribe? Where is the receiver? Where is he that counted the towers? I read that on that day and literally dropped the Bible. That was before the news started talking about terror in the towers. And what God spoke to me, he said, you may not recognize it until it happens, but my word is always ahead of schedule. My word sees the end from the beginning. Now, in the context of Isaiah, it's not talking about planes hitting the towers. But because of what I had just seen, that word jumped off of the page and reminded me of how real God is. And what you need to understand, some words won't make sense until you need them. Some words won't make sense until the time is right. But there are answers in the word of God. There, there is power in the word of God. There's life in the word of God. Jesus says in John 6, 63, he said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. And so what God was showing me, don't, don't, don't freak out and think that I have left you unaware because there's always something in my word that will apply to your life. And that leads me to point number one. God's word is relevant because it's always applicable. It is always applicable. I wouldn't have never thought on that day I was going to read a scripture about terror in the towers. So uncanny, but God's word is always applicable. But sometimes because God's word is hidden in boring stuff, we seem to be like, oh man, ain't nothing in there for me. It can't be nothing in the begat and begat and begat. Boy, I, I done begat myself right on the sleep. There can't be nothing in this. But I'm imploring you just to keep in it. Because you don't need a whole bunch of revelation. You just need one thing. And the Bible says this. I'm going to make it applicable to this. But the Bible says this about tongues. It says that when you speak in tongues, that your spirit is praying or your spirit is speaking, but your mind is unfruitful. In other words, your mind doesn't understand what your spirit is saying. But it's a benefit to your spirit. I think that applies to the word of God as well. You could be reading stuff that doesn't make sense to your mind, but that doesn't mean it's not feeding your spirit. So read it. Anyhow, it may not make sense. You may not know why you read it, but read it because it does something to your spirit. And it's always, always applicable to something in your life. So give your ear to it. 
Give your heart to it. Give your attention to it. Study. The Bible says study to show thyself approved unto God. So in other words, it doesn't just say read it. It says study it. So approval from God comes from studying. I beg of you to get in the word because it's always relevant. And many, many times it's always applicable to your life. Now, to help us understand that, let me, let me put this picture up. This is a poor man's toolbox right here. All I, two tools is all I need. WD-40 and duct tape. You can take care of a lot of stuff with just those two things. Because even though they were created for one purpose, they're applicable to so many things. Right now, if I go outside and pop some of y'all hoods, I might find some duct tape under the hood. Because it's used for all sorts of things. It's always applicable. Well, maybe let me not say always. In this case, it's many times applicable. But the word of God is better than WD-40 and duct tape because the word of God is always applicable. All right, let's, let's go to 2 Timothy 3. Oh, y'all, good class this morning. Good class. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Oh, I, I, I'm looking over the audience, and, and, and we got a lot less people than we had last Sunday. And it looks like most of the people here, y'all been in church Amen. a lot of your life. Y'all not new people, so I, I, I don't have to break the word down. The people don't, the, the, don't understand. Uh, th this is people, y'all been around the church. And so let, let's, let's go back there real quick. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.15 says, he, it, it was Paul talking to his mentee, Timothy. You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. A lot of y'all been brought up in church. Been, been, been in church all your life. And sometimes one of the reasons why many of us have been in church all our life, sometimes the reason why we are turned off by the church is because all the junk we saw in church. But we forget while we saw junk, we was also receiving something that would benefit our lives. Yeah, I saw some mess and yeah, I saw some people do some stuff but yet the word of God was coming in me. And like Tasha Cobb said, the healing is in these walls and the, there's anointing and angels are running up and down around. Yeah, I saw some junk and some mess and some evil people, but the power of God got down in these bones. And Paul was reminding Timothy because Timothy had a charge to lead people. And he was like, listen, you, you don't have to be scared and timid because you've got something down on the inside of you. And later on, he said, stir up the gift, Timothy. And I'm telling you the reason why I'm letting you know the word of God is relevant because it's already in your spirit. It's embedded in your bones. And it's time to know that that word is time to get the working in your life. And so it says that it's giving you the wisdom to receive salvation so it brings wisdom. Let's look further what it says the word of God does. Verse 16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful to teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. On the inside of you, you got something that will rebuke you, teach you, correct you, and train you in righteousness. So when you give ear to the word of God, it is actually adjusting you from the inside out. Now, the Bible does tell us that we have to be good soil. We can't just be playing with it. But I'm going to treat y'all like y'all really care about the word of God. And I'm going to treat y'all like y'all good soil. And since y'all good soil, you're not wasting your time. The word of God is doing its work in you. It is correcting you. That's why some stuff that you used to always do, you don't feel good doing it. Like you used to feel good doing it. I could tell folk off and be happy about it. Now I tell folk off and I'm like, man, I said too much. What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. The word is working on you. The word is adjusting you. And I, I, I used to be able to eat anything in sight and put anything in my body. But there's something now that says, no, I don't want to eat that. I, I don't want to be asking the saints to pray for my high blood pressure and stay eating ribs. I'm, I, I think I'm going to push the ribs aside and I'm going to get the salad. When did I turn into this? Because the word is disciplining me. Yeah. When you really give ear to the word of God, you don't need a rule book over your head. You don't need a bishop to tell you what you can and cannot do. The word of God begins to 
instruct you and correct you. Have you ever got ready to write something on Facebook and then deleted it all? Because something in you said, no, just erase it. You ever text somebody and before you hit sin, God says, delete it all. Why did you delete it? Because the word of God inside of you is working on you. And some of y'all ought to be glad I found the word of God. Because if I didn't find the word of God, you wouldn't like me. But I'm glad that the word of God found me and worked on me and is washing me and is correcting me and is loving me and is rearranging me. I am who I am because of the word of God. Oh, man, I, I told you I'm going to take my time, so let me, let me just slow down just a second. When, when, when I first started dressing up more, because we've, we've ah, probably somewhere in the early 90s, our, our, my father, he, he relaxed the dress code at Deliverance Temple and really became come as you are. So you can wear jeans, T-shirt, you can wear whatever, whatever you want. I started dressing up a little because I was a youth pastor and that was the day and age of the thug. Everybody dressed like a thug. Pants all sagging down, everything baggy. And then they would complain. They would go to jobs and they couldn't get no jobs. It's like, Pastor, we can't, we can't get hired. We're trying. I'm like, you have to understand that. Yeah, man looks on the outer appearance. God looks on the heart. I know God looks on the heart, but the person interviewing you ain't God. He looking at the outer. So... I began to tell them about maybe the braids in the hair and all that. I, and I used to tell them, listen, get the job first. Do a good job. Then grow your hair. Do what you want to do, but get the job first. So in order to be an example, I started dressing up a little. But I wasn't really planning on continually dressing the way I dress. But what happened is there was only one way that I could dress on the outside how I started feeling on the inside. On the inside, I started feeling classy on the inside. I started feeling special and important on the inside. See, the word of God came inside of me, and then I started reflecting it by the way I dress. You can reflect it however you reflect it, but what most people don't understand, they say, man, you're cool. You got swag. Most people don't understand that I was very clumsy and nervous. I had low self-esteem. I was very awkward and nerdy. The only difference between then and now is the word of God came inside of me, and I found out that I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I know y'all looking at King George, but I feel like I'm the next king getting coronated because the word of God says I'm a chosen priesthood. I, I'm a king. I'm a child of a king. And so I begin to reflect on the outside what God was doing on the inside. It doesn't just happen with your dress, but it happens in the way you handle your money. You can't borrow from everybody in town and pay nobody back with the word of God in your spirit. Because something in you makes you shape and shift your integrity and say, I cannot be this way because something in me says, if I keep receiving the word of truth, something in me has to start being true. Situation happened on my, my job last week. Had, we, we had a very good day on a Sunday. And then I had the, the night off, and then Monday night, the night of Labor Day, I go to work, and I had an exceptional day. What I mean by exceptional day, I had an easy day. Meant I, was, I got a chance to go into my office an hour into shift and was there about four and a half hours without anybody calling me, bothering me. I got all my work done, and it was easy. And then I went out to do one thing, and I made a mistake. And spill what we have still spilled still all over the ground at 4:30 in the morning. What's interesting though is see see people who work night shift know that the day shift people are coming in, the big wigs are coming in, but the big wigs usually show up at 5:30. I made the mistake at 4:30, and I easily could have drove off, and I easily could have hid because nobody saw me do it, but I saw me do it. Nobody knew I made the mistake, but I made the mistake. So I caught, but I, I, I'm the team leader on my job. Not only am I the team leader, I'm the chaplain. And there's integrity inside of me, and sometimes I don't always like the integrity. 
Because the integrity told me to call the boss. I don't want to call the boss. I want to drive off. Flee the scene. Let them find it tomorrow. No. We had to go. We had to pick it all up. I had to fill out the paperwork. I had to watch a video. I got what they call a strike. I, I, I did all that. But the next day, this was beautiful. The next day, a worker that was helping me came to me. He said, you're more honest than I am. Because if it was me, I would have just drove off. But see, the integrity in me was being a witness to somebody else. Saying there's something about this man that's different than the rest of us. And the only thing that's different is I got the word of God inside of me. And the word of God made my integrity rise up. And it doesn't always feel good to use your integrity. But if you keep your witness, it's always a blessing. So my witness rose through the plant because people found out later who did it. And they were like, man, that's an honest man. But it was the word of God that did it. Let's, let's, let's move on. Now, now, now let me add this before we move on. There's times I have drove off. But I ain't got more word in me. <laughs> so that made the difference. Let's look at verse 17. I got to keep us moving. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So when you receive the word of God, because it gives us wisdom, it gives us training, instruction, reproof, all those things. But it actually makes us ready. It, it makes as servants of God. It makes us ready and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let me go back to the scenario I just used a minute ago about what happened on my job. Now, here, here's the thing. I don't think anybody saw me, but what if someone did? Maybe somebody was actually watching me and wondering, what will he do? He calls himself a pastor, and he calls himself a chaplain on the job. So I, I'm not going to say anything, but I'm going to watch to see what he does. And many times you don't know that there are people watching you. But when you are equipped to every good work, the word of God will warn you. Don't do that because somebody's watching. And if nobody's watching, God is watching. So that gives us the wisdom. That, that's going to lead, lead us into point number two. Number two. Point number two. God's word is relevant because it's always alive. Always alive. That, that leads us to Hebrews 4 where we were actually left off last week on uh, our sermon. Let's jump into Hebrews 4.9. Remember we're talking about the rest of God? Let's jump into Hebrews 4.9. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. Remember how we talked about the rest, the difference between the rest and how we believe to enter in that rest? Let's look at verse 11. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we will fall. We will fall. And then it leads us to this familiar passage of Scripture, verse 12. Read it. For the word of God is alive and powerful. Mm -hmm. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting even between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Mm, so the word of God is alive. It's alive and it works in us. It works in actually... It is beneficial to us in the way that it separates inside of us. And what it is, it separates soul and spirit. The reason why that is vitally important is because we are three-part beings, tripart beings. We are flesh, we are soul, and we are spirit. And when we get saved or born again, our spirit gets reborn. But our soul does not get reborn and our uh, flesh is just the flesh. We know about the flesh. The flesh is the flesh. So here the key battle is over the soul, which is the mind, the seat of the will, mind, the emotions, the intellect, the imagining, the reasoning. That's where the word of God is most applicable because what it does is it divides between soul and spirit. And, and in other words, what it does it separates those things in the soul that will infect the spirit. See, there are a lot of people who are saved, but they are infected. They are infected by stuff from the flesh. Well, how did it happen? The flesh passed it on to the soul, and the soul infected the spirit. 
But it's supposed to operate the other way around. It's supposed to be that the spirit it affects the soul and then the soul infects the body. So the body does what the spirit wants done. So it's a very difficult challenge. It's like tug of war. So you need the word of God to rest in the soul, to divide, to work, to cut, to sever. It talks about the innermost thoughts and desires. All our desires aren't holy. And the reason why we live unholy desires out in our flesh is because they originated not in our spirit. They originated in our soul and there was nothing there to cut it down. There was nothing in there to cut it up. There was nothing in there to do surgery on it and work on there. Let me give you an example. So, so when people have cancer in their body, they also have many times some type of medicine. Maybe it's chemo or radiation also coming into their body. But the cancer can override. It can eat up all that the medicine is doing and then it affects and it eventually kills the body. And so if we have cancer in our souls spiritually and, and mentally, and even though the spirit is medicine, the medicine cannot overcounter all the other junk we have in us. So we need something that will cut. See, when surgeons cannot fix it with radiation and chemo, they say, we got to cut that thing out. See, see, this cell is so damaging, we got to take it out or it will tear up everything. And I'm here to let you know, I know you saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, but we all got some junk in us that will mess us up if it doesn't get cut out. But the Word of God, what I love about the Word of God, the problem with the outside world is that the only way they can operate, operate is from the outside in. God is the only one who can operate from the inside out. So if I had cancer and I was going to get surgery, y'all would all be worried and praying because they'd be like, oh, man, pastor, he, he's got to go under the knife and we got to pray for him. And, of course, I would want you to do that. But here's the thing. I go through surgery all the time and you don't know it. When I get in the word of God, I'm getting cut on all the time. I got some nasty, stinking stuff that gets cut out of me. And you don't even know it. You smile. It's like, oh, he's so anointed. The only reason why I'm so anointed because the word of God been cutting on me and dividing stuff up and putting stuff over here and putting stuff over there and sewing me back up together. And if I ever look like I'm sore, I am sore because the word of God been working on me. But I'm getting cleaned up. I'm getting delivered. I, I'm getting fixed up. Because the word of God is always applicable and it's always alive. And I'm grateful for that word. And it d does the same thing does to me. It does to you as well. It works on our stinking self. And we can be better than what we used to be. When you, when, when you have Christians who consistently operate out of their soulless or fleshly realm, they haven't fed enough word to their spirit. It's just that simple. Because like, the scripture says we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. All right, let's, let's look at verse 13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. We might as well let his word in there. Because he know about it anyhow. I can fool y'all. But I can't fool him. So since he knows about it all already, let me just lay bare and let him do what he has to do. Sometimes I read the scripture and I just got to say, ouch. I, I've shared this over and over and over that one, one of my struggles when I was just coming up in, in church and, and even as a, a young unmarried minister, one of my struggles was pornography because it like I said, it shifted from magazines to actually being right there in your face. And so, so I, I, I had my, my battles with it, and, and many, many people do in this day and age. I'm not trying to beat anybody up for it. But one day I was reading the scripture, and the scripture says, I made a covenant with my eyes. How can I look lustful on a maid? Oh, ouch. Ooh, ouch. I, that, uh, ooh, that, that cuts me. I ain't talking about cutting everybody, everybody else. That hit me when I read it. I didn't want to read that. Let me, let me gloss past that. But the, but, but the Spirit said, no, go ahead and highlight that because you need that. And you're going to have to go back to it. And guess what? For several years, I had to keep coming back to it until it finally did some work in my soul. 
It's okay to have issues, but just tell the Lord about it. You ain't got to tell everybody about it, but tell the Lord. There's some stuff about me that just ain't altogether lovely. But God, I'm trusting you, and I'm trusting your word. I'm trusting your word to make me what I need to be. I'm trusting that when I take my last breath, I'm going to be able to say that God is my Savior. I'm trusting that I'm going to make it to heaven. But God, I need your word. I can't go a day without your word. I can't play with your word. When I'm at church, I'm not going to be on my phone. I'm going to be listening because I need your word. When I take time to read your word, I'm shutting stuff off so I can read your word. And if I miss it and fall asleep, when I wake up, I'm starting back over because I need your word. Now, I don't just need it for a new car, a new house. I like We like to preach about new cars, new house. All that stuff is fine, awesome, but sometimes we need his word just to live right. I need his word to keep from cussing y'all out. I need his word to keep from acting a fool. I I need it. No, not you, Pastor. Yes, me. I need his word. I I don't know about y'all. Maybe y'all so delivered, but I still sometimes want to go to that old man and operate out of that old man. And the only reason why I don't do it is because of his word. That is a lie. And guess what? And when I do do it, it's his word that tells me about the grace to get me back on path, to get back up. I'm so grateful for his word. All right. Point number three. Here's the thing. God's word is relevant because it's always active. It's always applicable. It's always alive. It's always active. We're going to go back to Hebrews 4 and 12, and we're just going to read the A clause in two different versions. I'll have you... Put it up and have them read it. For the word of God is living and active. For the word of God is alive and active. Several versions. I only chose two. Several versions say it that way. It says it's alive and it's active. It's alive and it's active. It's alive and it's active. The reason why it's applicable is because it's living, but it's living, but it's actually doing something. Now, this makes sense. Now that I told you what I told you about and told you about all the stuff in the spirit and the soul and surgery and all that. Now, this makes sense what David said. It makes so much more sense. Let's read what David said in Psalms 119.11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Oh, man. So, I I don't stop sinning because I become so righteous and so holy, I never need to sin. I'm too anointed for that. No, no. The reason why I stopped doing it is because I hid his word in my heart. And his word was so alive and active, it started working on the inside of me and doing stuff inside of me. And I realized in order to overcome sin, I just need more of him in here. I need more of his word on the inside. So God, let me hide thy word in me. Let let, let me bury it in it. So that means I got to meditate on it. And in order to meditate on it, maybe you can't read 20, 30 40 chapters. Sometimes you just got to take one scripture, put it on your mirror, and every day you see it when you wash up, that word is getting embedded in your heart. It's getting embedded in your spirit to the point where you start breathing that word and believing that word. Ah, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. On on, on my checkbook, back when we were writing checks, I had uh, Philippians 4, 19, but my God shall supply all my need. And sometimes I was writing checks, didn't know if they was going to bounce, didn't look like that verse was going to make a difference, but it was still before my eyes, and I still had to see it. And then I started believing it. It started getting down in my heart. It started getting down in my spirit. And the Bible says whatever is not a faith, is sin. And the Bible also says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I don't want to sin, I need to hear God's word and have faith in God's word and believe in God's word. And I'm hiding his word in my heart. And I'm hiding his word in my mind. And I'm hiding his word in my spirit. And I'm going to let the word do the work. I'm going to let the word do the cutting. I'm going to let the word do the surgery. I'm going to let the word do 
the rearranging in my life. And the next time you see me, I won't be who I used to be because I had an encounter with the relevant word of God, the supernatural word of God that was able to sustain my life. My word is like an IV pumped straight into my veins. I got God's word dripping continually in my life and I'm going to be what God called me to be. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. I'm more than a conqueror. I am what God says I am because I gave ear to his word. I really truly believe his word. Brother, brother Fred, I'd have quit a long time ago if it wasn't for his word. So you, you have to understand sometimes even 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 people, that's why you have to understand how strategic you are. People can say the right thing to you that can alter generations. Give, give you a quick, quick example of that. The reason why I'm here, possibly, the reason why my mother is here, possibly, can be traced back to one word spoken at the right time that changed generations. My dad tells a story how when he finally got saved, he says the whole zoo came off his back. He says some people had monkey on their back. He said he had a whole zoo on his back. And God delivered him. And Bishop Clark laid his hands on him. And, and as he was walking out the door, after the service was over, the devil began to tell him all the things that he couldn't do. All the stuff he was caught up in, the girls and women he was caught with. And as he was walking out, he said he was smiling because he didn't want to let anybody down. But he was every step he was being defeated, saying, I can't live this life. I can't do this. I, I, I can't do it. But Mother Clark came out of nowhere and grabbed him and said, the Lord told me to tell you everything you worried about. He going to fix it. When Mother Clark tells the story, she says she felt stupid doing it because he was smiling looking happy. He didn't look like he had a worry, but God told her, tell him whatever he's worried about, I'm going to fix it. And he put his faith and trust in God totally. And the reason why I said I wouldn't be here, because after that, it was through Mother Clark that he met my mama. And through my mama that I came alive. And the reason why I'm here today. Now my dad is dead and gone. But it was a word spoken at the right time. That shifted generations. Don't you let go of his word. When God wakes you up with a word. Don't be like well I'm not a prophet. And I can't. Say what God wants you to say. Because some of the prophets we see are being pulled down because they're not speaking what God wants them to speak. He's raising up new people. You need to start listening to God because the word in your mouth can change a city. It can change and start a revival. It can shift a disease. It can stop a pandemic. We need the word. We need his word. Got to come to a close. So let's keep working. Let's look at James 1. Before we go to that, please stop thinking, well, he's my pastor. I can't tell him this. Some of the greatest things that happen is when people in the pews have called me up and said, God said this. God told me this. Sometimes I just like, oh, man, I'm ready to quit. And somebody would text me and say, God spoke this about you. Yes, you, I need you as much as you need me. We need each other. We need to be speaking the word of God to each other. The scripture says singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to, uh, to the Lord and to each other. Let's look at James 1.19, the New Living. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to get angry. I just said we need all of y'all, but if we're going to need all of y'all, here's some guidelines. The guidelines, you need to be what? You need to be quick to listen. Yes. Slow to speak. I want y'all to do some speaking, but not if you don't want to listen. The problem with people who want to get the mic, they don't want to listen. They, 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 they love to get the mic and tell everybody else, but they don't want to listen. No, I need some people who are quick to listen first. Slow to speak. You, you can't say everything that's on your mind. Amen. Everything on your mind is, is, is not right. 
I, I, I like to say it like this. It, it, your, your mind is like the, the, since we're talking about September 11th, it's, it's like the airport. Some stuff got to be run through that detector. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, you got to scoot back. Got to scoot back. Look here, you all crazy. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, I can't say that. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say what I wanted to say. I was getting ready to write that on Facebook, but I heard that. I heard that thing beeping off and said, oh, don't say that. Don't do that. Because what happens is it, it, if you don't do it right, it'll cause what's supposed to be slow to anger, a slow burn. It'll cause it to be a rapid thing. Now, some of y'all don't understand that because y'all not married, but us married folk understand this. You could be in the middle of an argument, and it could be, no, let me, let me say that. You could be in the middle of a discussion that's not an argument that can really end as just a discussion, and you could agree to disagree, but you could say the wrong thing at the wrong time. And the next thing you know, what well, should have been slow to anger, you got, you're, you're burning up everything. I never did like your mama anyhow. Wait a second, how we get on this? How we go, go this far? See, you, get, you, gotta, you have to have the wisdom to know, I need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to be angry. And it's good for us, it, it's comical, but it's good for us to learn this. Learn this in relationship and learn this in many kind of ways. Because as we're ministering to the world out there, if we always seem so volatile and crazy, why would they listen to us if we can never control ourselves? So we got to learn how to, to rein ourselves in. So James was talking about that. Let's, let's uh, look at verse 20. And here's the reason why. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Mm, 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 mm. I, I, I told you about the whole pornography issue. So the two things that the devil hit me with the most was lust and anger. Lust and anger. And at some point I realized that my anger didn't get stuff done. It got holes punched in the wall. Yeah, yeah, your, your pastor, yeah, it got holes punched in the wall. Punched in the wall of a home we was renting that we was, I was going to have to repair. All I did was waste, waste money. When I was playing my video game, I threw my controller all across the room and it broke and busted. I had to go buy another one. Human anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, righteous anger does, does stuff, but human anger is just a waste of time. And one thing you'll learn is anger is a secondary emotion. So normally it's something else you got to deal with. Why are you so angry all the time? I had to learn how to deal with that. I, I, God had to grow me. I'm much, much better, but I still got a little of that short man syndrome in me. That I still need the word of God to work on me and work through me. But I've learned that just flying off the handle don't produce stuff. Now, I've been talking about Facebook for a minute, so let me just jump on that. You see people who just go off on there all the time. After a while, they're the ones who look silly. They complain about everything. You, at, at some point, you realize the common denominator in all this is them. They're the ones. So, so you have to understand you're, you're flying off the handle and all that. It doesn't produce the righteousness of God. So instead, let's humble and yield ourselves to the love of God, the word of God, because people are watching us, like I said. And if we look as crazy as everybody else, revival will never happen. But as we look like we got our stuff together, people will start saying, man, I'm going to start putting my faith in you and in the things of God. Now, we can't put it in denominations and we can't put it in, in political things. And I tell you what, this whole Trump era done, done really done shine a light on a whole bunch of the craziness that we have is what we call church. A lot, a lot of people are just off as off can be. But we're trying to get a body of believers that are locked into God for this last and evil coming days. All right, let's, let's continue. Let's look at verse 21. Almost finished. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. Mm -hmm. And humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your soul. Sister Krista, yeah, I see you, you. You stand up. Would you just walk up here for a second? I just need. I need to need to use you. You just walking at the wrong moment. You can just you can just stand. You can just stand right there. So put the put the scripture back up and just it's uh in. You can, you can make it transparent. So it says, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. So when I would read that, 
I would wonder, how am I going to fix, how am I going to be what God wants me to be? And I got lust and anger. And I, how, how do I, I got to get rid of that in order to accept what God has for me. That's how I read the scripture. But I totally misunderstood it. So let's read the scripture again. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God. All right. So we're going to do this demonstration. Sister Krista, you about to have this Bible. All right. I got a microphone in my hand. So I, I, I'm going to only be using off of this, this hand. So I want to receive the Bible. So guess what I got to do in order to receive the Bible? I got to let this go. So bring me the word. If I really want the word, something got, something's got to drop. So God is not saying, I, I need you to get rid of the filth so I can give you the word. He's saying when you receive the word, you've got to drop something. Thank you. Thank you for that demonstration. You can't receive the word without letting go of the filth. So as you keep coming, I know sometimes filth hangs. It's not that we're holding on to the filth. Sometimes the filth is holding on to us. But keep letting that word come. And keep letting the word come. The Bible says, as you humbly accept the word, some stuff is going to fall off your life. There's some junk that's going to fade. There's some stuff that's going to fall. There's going to filth that's going to drop. Because you can't hold them both. And if you choose to reach for the word of God, you're going to let some stuff go automatically. All right, let's, let, let's put, put it up in its entirety. Read the scripture in its entirety, and then then we'll move on to our last point. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your soul. Remember how I said the reason why our flesh is all bad because our souls are messed up, but there's one thing that has the power to save your soul. See, saying that little prayer, that saves your spirit, but where we really need work is the soul. It's the word, and the Bible calls it, I mean, King James says the engrafted word of God is able to save your soul. All right, that that gives us to the final point, point four. I know I'm taking my time today, but but we're almost finished. Point four, for God's word ceases to be relevant when it's not applied. But hold on, didn't we already cover that? Because you said God's word is always applicable. But now you're telling me this. It's like you could have saved that point, Pastor Andre, because... You're saying the same thing. No, I'm not. Let's put this picture back up again. That, that it can be applied to a lot of stuff. But it does you no good if it's left on the shelf. WD-40 and duct tape can help a lot of stuff, but not in the cupboard. It's applicable, but it doesn't work until it's actually applied. So let's continue to read. Let's look at James 1.22. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Uh-oh. Re- Maybe it's a whole lot of church folk that's fooling themselves. All right, let's look at the next verse. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like gl- glancing at your face in a mirror. Now let's look at the last verse, verse 24. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. What you look like. I'm, I'm going to give you an example of this. I'm going to paint a picture in your mind. And this is how we're going to close. The scripture is basically saying the word of God is like a mirror. It's a mirror for you. So let's say that I got this, this suit on that I, I have now. And I walked outside to get my mail. And I came back in the house. And I passed by the mirror. And I realized I got bird poop all down the back of this suit. And all down the front of this suit, I looked in the mirror, and then I came to church. And when I get to church, you'd be like, Pastor, you got bird poop all over you. Oh, yeah, I saw, I saw that in the mirror. Well, why didn't you do anything about it? Oh, I forgot. You're like, you forgot you had poop all over? Yeah, I saw it. I, I, I just forgot. They would be like, there's something wrong with Pastor's mind. Because how could you see that? And then forget, James says, when you look at the word of God and then you don't do what it says, it's like looking in a mirror and then not making any changes and walking away because you forgot. 
married and you sleeping with somebody outside of your wife and husband, maybe you haven't been convicted, but if you start seeing the word and you keep doing it, it's like having bird poop on you and you're not making any adjustments or any changes. So we don't want to be like that. We, when we see stuff in the mirror, here, here's the thing. There, there's, there's, there's times I've been grinning in folks' face after I ate a salad, and then I look at my phone, and I got a big piece of green stuff in my teeth. Man, I wish somebody would have told me. But guess what? Since I saw it, whose job is it? Let me go ahead and get that out because I saw how I really look. And when you really get in the Word, you won't worry about everybody else. You see how you really look. And then all you got to do is start doing the word. And you say, Pastor, I can't do the word. All you got to do is reach for it. Because you can't hold on to both. You're going to drop something because the word you get is going to be a relevant word. Let's stand to our feet. Amen. Thanks for letting me teach y'all this morning and not so much preach. I appreciate it. I sure appreciate it. Love it. Let's Let's bow our heads. Dear gracious, I, I, actually, let, let me let me not do this. This is something I'm going to add. I normally jump on our young people in the back when they're messing up, but today they were fighting through technical difficulties that I, that I know about. I didn't forewarn you because I didn't know what was going to happen. So let me say y'all did an excellent job, even though there was technical difficulties. Good job. Good job, young man, and you will be handsomely rewarded for it. Maybe not by me, but by somebody. All right, let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, God, we thank you and praise you, God. You're showing us how powerful and awesome your word is. And God, the scripture says heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will last forever. So God, help us to receive that word, but God, do the word. It's always relevant. It's because it's applicable. It's alive. It's active but it needs to be applied. So help us to do what we see in the word. Give us the humble uh, grace to reach for your word. And when we reach for your word, we can drop everything else that's hindering us. And we thank you for it. God, as we leave this place, bless us to help us to never be lost from you in any way. And we thank you for it. Now, Father God, I'm praying that you would save the unsaved and reclaim the backslidden. And we love you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.